This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand that I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences, which is now proud to introduce the Plus CBD Reserve Collection, a specially curated blend of full-spectrum cannabinoids. Rich and bold, the Reserve Collection products elicit strong feelings of calm, comfort and relief when intense support is needed. Enjoy a deeper CBD experience with Plus CBD's reserve collection of oils and gummies. All of their products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. And with a 90-day satisfaction guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for Plus CBD's new reserve collection. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla, wherein we answer your questions. Your questions come to us via radio program at AOL.com. That's easy to remember. Radio program at AOL.com. How many many years have I been saying that? How are you doing, Dr. Hoffman? Good, good. So uh, before we get to questions, just a couple of uh, observations. Uh, There's a study out in the Annals of Internal Medicine, you know, about electronic medical records. And... You know, I'm a Luddite when it comes to electronic medical records. Unlike many of my colleagues, I have not adopted electronic medical records. Mm-hmm. It's uh, cumbersome. Yeah. Uh, I run through a lot of pens. Uh, I have to constantly uh, order paper for uh, patient notes. Uh, and then the storage. Storage yeah. is an issue because we need shelves to keep our files on. Right. But I like the feel of writing uh, pen to paper yes. and looking a patient in the eye while I take their history. That's the biggest thing, is yeah. the looking at the patient instead of at the screen, and it's very, yeah. So there's, a, there's a, a study in the Annals of Internal Medicine uh, that uh, has come up with an amazing statistic, which is that electronic medical records cause 16, they cost 16 minutes per patient encounter. Wow. So if you think that the average patient encounter generously is 18 minutes or 22 minutes or something yeah. as abbreviated as that, that's actually... A luxuriating kind of visit for some people in high volume practices. You just don't have that much time with patients. No, no. 16 minutes of that is spent feeding the monster, feeding yeah. the electronic medical record, uh, checking boxes, filling out forms. Right. And what it's about is about uh, achieving reimbursement. Because if you document, mm-hmm. you check enough boxes and you fill out enough codes and yep, provide enough diagnoses and procedure codes, mm-hmm. uh, then you up your likelihood of getting uh, reimbursement because yeah. it's between you and the computer and the people who you know it's actually an algorithm that review the submission and then they spit back a payment at you yeah right yeah yeah exactly. and so like train seals uh you know jumping for a piece of herring <laughs> doctors mm-hmm. fill out their electronic medical records <laughs> and uh you know it's it it's obligatory because if you if you yeah. are involved with an insurance system or it's only involved with medicare you need electronic medical records you have to you have to align with that system. We don't. No. Uh, and um, call so me. So there's a, one area that we can't get hacked. Call me a luddite. Well, you know, 
maybe uh, you know my brain could be directly hacked. You know, so yeah, that's uh -oh. another thing. That's the, you know the other thing is about the confidentiality of the records. It's lately been revealed that uh, Google is making big inroads into the healthcare field, and what it's about is it's about information. Yeah. Let's say, you know, let's say your information isn't worth very much. Maybe I give you. Five dollars mm -hmm. to fill out a very, very lengthy form about all your medical encounters throughout your life. You'd say, "Get out of here!" Five dollars—that's yeah. ridiculous. But what if I were to say, "I would like to crunch data for basic research, say, on uh, thirty million patients mm -hmm. at five bucks a pop." It's one hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, owning that information would be a value, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah, with all the statistics that you can generate and, you know, right. the, 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 so Google is trying to, I mean, and actually other companies are trying to cash in on that. When, oh. you know, I noticed 23andMe keeps uh, sending me emails saying, would you like to support medical research? Fill out this yet another questionnaire. First, you have to oh, fill out yeah. a questionnaire for them, and then you, then they want more questionnaires. They don't care about that lousy, whatever, $99 that you paid for uh, your your uh, genetic analysis. Mm -hmm. They want to link your genes to a very vast repository of information about every aspect of your health, which is a saleable commodity. Yeah. Even if they anonymize it, even if they maintain your anonymity, they're not going to say, "Oh, uh, you know, Dr. Hoffman's uh, insurance company, or his, uh, you know, li life insurance company, or his." future employer, I'm going to sell you this information. Well, you know, yeah. There's supposedly laws in place to prevent that. Mm -hmm. But all this information is of value, you know, ultimately. And Google is it's getting into sold. it. And then, the have this wearing devices yes. that tell us tell you everything about your body. Right. You know, bits and... Yeah. yeah. I mean, and eventually you'll pee in a toilet and they'll tell you everything about your... <laughs> <laughs> your metabolism, you know, they'll measure your alkaline, whatever, you know, acidic, protein, or, hormones, ooh, flag. right? Okay. You know. <laughs> oh, Pregnant, <laughs> smoking a little pot, huh? <laughs> right, right. Oh, some illicit drugs. Uh, oh, snorting a line of uh, smart coke toilet. here. Right, a smart toilet. Information goes into the cloud, yeah. and you know, right, and off it goes. Right. Mm. Did you do your scary? Did you do your ten thousand steps today? I don't have a Fitbit, oh, okay. but I probably did not do 10,000 steps today. I find yeah. that, you know, that whole thing is not that incentivizing yeah. for me. Uh, I do my exercise anyway. Yeah. Uh, I like to keep track of my pulse because mm -hmm. I like to see, you know, that I'm getting into the, you know, into the, your max zone, max zone, zone you know, that it's a worthwhile workout. It's interesting mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, to keep records and records and records of, you know, what I do. Mm -hmm. and, Oh, and then maybe share it on the internet. Say, like, man, look at this workout that I look did. Look at this. Like, yeah. Look at my recovery and my VO2 max and my... Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Some people get into that. I don't know. Sharing. <laughs> Oversharing. <laughs> TMI. Oversharing. <laughs> okay, so let's get to questions. Uh, oh, we've got an interesting one here from Margaret. This is a question about mold detox. Hi, I'm looking for help. I had a toxic mold exposure eight years ago. I've done Schumacher's protocol with so, CSM. So let's define it a little bit. You know, yeah. Toxic mold. Toxic mold. I mean, it's one thing if you um, mm. you go into, say, you know, you're opening up your summer house. It's wintered over. You know, you walk in and you go, well, this place is really moldy. Oh, you know, there's the roof sprung a leak. There's a little mold in here. Mm. And, you know, you, you sneeze, your eyes burn, and it's bad. Yeah. 
But you don't have a complete health meltdown. Right. As some people do. Uh, they're highly sensitized to mold. Uh, mold toxicity, not just allergy, is their problem. Yeah. And mold has horrible uh, neurotoxins that it creates. Yeah. And we just saw a patient who's absolutely debilitated after a mold exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're challenging patients to treat because they become hypersensitized to everything. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, have uh, cognitive Sorry. symptoms. Mm-hmm. Brain uh, fog. And- this is by no means just confined to stachybotrys, black mold, so-called mm. killer mold. Which, by the way, you know, a little historical fact. I, I often, uh, you know, recite this this factoid. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the headline uh, was in the New York Daily News on September tenth, two thousand one? Remember, September tenth was the day before there was bigger news. Right. That was what was day. the headline? The headline was killer mold. Killer mold. And it was okay. about mold toxicity, in particular found in schools. You know, wow. this horrible black mold, which exposes teachers and students to this. Basically toxic stuff. Well, next day we had bigger fish to fry, mm-hmm. and that, you know, that got blown off the pages of major newspapers. But it yeah. is a problem. It is a problem. Oh my gosh. So anyway, there's a guy named Richie Shoemaker, and mm-hmm. I've interviewed him. Yeah. And he's like an expert on mold. Uh huh. Mold toxicity. Yeah. And he has innovative protocols for developing that. The sickest right. of the sick patients go see him. Wow. Well, Margaret is saying she's done the protocol. And but it's made her extremely sensitive to heat from the sauna and the hot tub. So soon after only a few minutes in either, I would get a headache and my liver felt aggravated. Don't know how you. I okay. can't account for that, but is those it, patients is it like are the Austrians. They do this sense. and drink the beer, drink the <laughs> liver. I don't know something like that. Or I have done a lot of liver detox and plan to start next with an ozone machine. Okay, so sauna is helpful. Um, for sweat. or sweating out the toxins. Is ozone helpful? Well, some people purport that it's helpful, but ozone is a very high mm. uh, free radical challenge, which mm-hmm. may, uh, it either stimulates the body's defenses if given correctly, but if it's given excessively to a sensitive patient, it you know delivers a lot of free radicals into the body. I'm not sure if that's wow. the ticket for you. Wow. The, Mark, the other patient we saw the other day, she was yeah. contemplating ozone therapy. Yes. But that, to me, it's a little bit like hitting a Swiss watch with a hammer. You know, oh. you just don't know which way it's going to go. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Any thoughts about other ways to detox my liver more fully or anything I should add? I really want to get back into my sauna. I'm thinking glutathione, you know. Glutathione. Intravenous glutathione or oral N-acetylcysteine. Yes. Or oral um, mm-hmm. glutathione, although there's some controversy about how well it's absorbed. Mm-hmm. What about, what about acetylcholine? What about... Well, There's a lot of amino acids also involved, other amino acids involved, B vitamins, zinc, magnesium. You know, anything that helps the detoxification pathways. Mm -hmm. But then there's some people who have blockages in their ability to tolerate, Mm -hmm. say, sulfur-containing compounds like N-acetylcysteine or glutathione. They may have what's called a CBS um, mutation, Mm -hmm. which uh, is a sulfuration step. And handling, so they become sulfur sensitive. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, the, it, these patients are, are challenging. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So, Margaret, N acetylcysteine, glutathione, IV glutathione, that's helpful. I remember you claiming that after a glutathione cocktail or drip, 
that your eyesight right. would get better. I can see clearly now the rain <laughs> is gone. You know, it's like, it was like yeah. a, a film lifted off my uh, you know, eyes. Wow. Yeah. Margaret, best of luck to you. We hope you feel better soon. Oh, this is another interesting one, Dr. Hoffman. This is from Deborah. What are some effective tactics for dealing with interstitial cystitis? I'm following the IC diet. A small bit of liquid Benadryl seems to so help. So what is the IC diet, first of all? The IC diet is a diet that eliminates foods that may aggravate or cause these interstitial cystitis or bladder symptoms. So would they be spicy foods or is it about... Um, oxalates. Uh, it's more about because oxalate. there is. It's been proposed. The low oxalate diet mm -hmm. has been uh, proposed by Dr. Colin Campbell. Is it? Uh, what is his name? Not Colin Campbell. No, no, no. something. He's the China. He's the China. Colin something or other. Okay. Was the guy who proposed the low oxalate diet for an institutional society? Yeah, that's actually uh, very helpful. Yeah. But other, yeah, avoiding aged cheeses, chocolate, sour cream, for example. Uh, avoiding certain fruits, like bananas Maybe and a low, low histamine diet or a something. A lower histamine diet. Avoiding canned, cured, processed, smoked meats and fish. This sounds like low histamine, all right. Avoiding alcoholic beverages. Yeah, these are things that can create histamine. Mm-hmm. Coffees and teas. Yeah, what I'm, I'm looking at, yeah. this is the, the official word on this. The mm -hmm. Effective diet on interstitial cystitis. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, they say that they're the friendly fruits and the avoid fruits. Yes. Uh, friendly fruits are, I guess, neutral, like right. um, blueberries, bananas, pears. blueberries, melons, pears, apples. Mm -hmm. um, but lemons, limes, oranges, grapefruit, strawberries, pineapple, and kiwi fruit are potential irritants. Yes. So it's interesting. You can even go to the... Uh, official foundation of the American Neurological Association, and they actually talk about that. They do. Um, they say that, uh, you know, milk and dairy is okay, which is not always, but... That's um, true. You know, they say avoid... Uh, milk and dairy may be okay, but certain aged cheeses, sour cream... Avoid, obviously, alcohol. Yeah. It, it, curiously, here's one. Avoid cranberry juice. Yeah. The, the very self-same thing that you use for UTI. Yes, you might want to infection. avoid when you're. Uh, Isn't that something? Yeah, dealing. So, do you find that these recommendations are uh, applicable, or do you find that patients have idiosyncratic uh, food sensitivities that I've are found not? Both. Yeah, okay. I have found both. I have found people to be helped with an IC diet, and other people not. And had more to do with their own particular sensitivities. Others have been helped by a low oxalate diet as well, which is quite therapeutic. Mm -hmm. A low oxalate diet, surprisingly. I don't know why that surprises me, but that's really something. You know, you think about oxalate, you think about kidney stones, but it's good for that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So a low oxalate diet. Is supplements IC for IC? Supplements for IC. There's something called Preleaf, I believe. It was a type of. Uh, of a calcium or a or a bicarb. I probably wouldn't recommend very no. high dose vitamin C. Right? No, no. Yeah, adding a pinch of salt to carbonated beverages to make them flat. It it's really yeah. also you know things like chondroitin sulfate, mm -hmm. glucosamine sulfate, and N-acetyl glucosamine. N-acetyl glucosamine. Uh, quercetin, rutin. These mm -hmm. are anti-inflammatory flavonoids. And antihistamine too. Right. Was helpful. Right. 
So Deborah says a small bit of liquid Benadryl seems to help symptoms, but I'd like to avoid any histamines. I do have alpha-gal mammal allergy. Whoa, that is weird. That's a blockbuster right there. That's huge. I mean, I that's can't wrap a, my brain a tick-borne that. illness yeah. that is associated with sensitivity to all mammalian meat. Mm-hmm. Now, that would mean that you'd be sensitive to beef, pork, mm-hmm. and lamb. Yeah. But also... Now what? Whale meat. Mm-hmm. You know. Whale. Whale's a mammal, right? right? It's like, wait, I thought that was tuna. No, it's whale meat. It's a whale. That's yeah. a dolphin that got into the net. <laughs> oh, my God. It triggered my symptoms. That, you know. Isn't that something? Yeah. So, Deborah has that particular allergy. Uh, so, she avoids all mammal sources except for some dairy, which has not caused problems for the last year. Deborah is a 75-year-old female, healthy uh with no particular medical conditions and first time i see symptoms hmm hmm maybe time for a workup right yeah maybe time for a workup that alpha gal mammal allergy is that something that would eventually go away or is, is that, that a lifelong thing it seems to be a thing of great long wow. duration and a tick-borne thing which yeah. is just scarier and scarier every summer that i think about tick-borne anything Besides lying. Man, I gotta keep, keep those ticks away from me while I'm at the, at the grill. Yeah. Grilling yeah. that, uh, you know, that. You gotta uh, wear a hazmat suit to go outside in the grilling woods. Grilling those burgers. I mean, you know, it's like, it's like. <laughs> so it's, much it's, for it's forest like, bathing if you have to wear a hazmat it's suit. It's like the tick saying, stop eating our brethren. <laughs> stop eating our brethren. We'll bite you and you won't be able to eat any, right. any beef anymore. Or, right. or, they say it's good to walk in your bare feet, connect with the earth, with the earth. We're supposed to be earthing, but then... You've got to wear a hazmat suit to go walk in the woods. Put DDT on your feet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Okay, wait. We're going to do something a little different today. We're going to pause now to allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share this important message with you. So here goes. Listen up. Are you looking to give your immune system a boost? This is Dr. Ronald Hoppen with a natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals, liquid wild oil of oregano with rosemary extract and natural honey flavor. Future Farm's wild oil of oregano supports a variety of health benefits, including antimicrobial effects, as well as supporting the immune system. Plus, Future Farm is the first ever to formulate wild oil of oregano with rosemary. Rosemary aids circulation, helps alleviate muscle pain, improves memory, and also gives your immune system a boost. The natural honey flavor enhances the taste while still giving you all of the benefits. Future Farm sources this product from the Mediterranean and produces it in the United States. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Wild oil of oregano is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. MyFutureFarm.com slash Hoffman. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make Intelligent Medicine continuing free resource to you. And ain't nothing better than that. So, uh, what's our next question, Layla? We have uh, an email from Mark. Hello, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. I have intermittent gastroparesis. Which is helped by Reglan, but I would like some suggestions okay. on what kind of definition. Supplements. Yeah, gastroparesis. Uh, intermittent means from time to time. Hmm. I knew that because I had to look it up, but I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> and gastroparesis, yeah, that means like a paralysis of your gastro, yeah. i.e., pa- a paralysis of your GI tract. Right. 
uh, it's not Slowing really a paralysis. It is a like it's a stoppage. Yeah. And it's a term that's bandied about quite a lot these days when people have uh, incomplete stomach emptying or inefficient digestion. Mm -hmm. And it can be demonstrated by a motility test. You swallow a substance and they see you right. know, how quickly it passes. Uh, and if it uh, is stuck, basically, you've got that stuck syndrome, gastroparesis. Mm -hmm. It occurs sometimes in diabetes when you don't have adequate nerve uh, innervation of your stomach. You know, the nerves in yeah. the feet uh, become uh, uh, desensitized and you become have numb toes and feet sometimes right. in diabetes. But you can also have a messed up nervous system internally yes. in diabetes, yes. especially long-term uh, type 1 poorly controlled diabetes. Right, right. Not so much type 2 diabetes. So anyway, yes, gastroparesis is, mm -hmm. is the term that's applied here. So the treatment for that is medical. There's something called metochloramide, which is Reglan. Reglan. Is that okay. what he's taking? Yeah, that, he's just wondering if he could do take a supplement or do something. It's different. not such a great drug, Reglan. Yeah. Uh, you know, Reglan causes uh, so many side effects that I it was I think almost uh, recall. There's certainly a lot of warnings about the use of yeah. Uh, Reglan. What's interesting is Mark is a 58 year old man. Mm -hmm. uh, he actively avoids grain, sugar, he lives a relatively active lifestyle, not on any prescription medication, have no other glaring health issues. I'm assuming Mark is not, does yeah, not have it, diabetes. Yeah, it's unclear but, why he has that. Yeah, this intermittent gastroparesis. So, uh, for, well, first of all, I'm, I'm wondering, would Mark be helped by some digestive enzymes? That could be. That might be something. Right there, pa some pancreatic. Is there a right kind of digestion. diet for these kind of people? Yeah, unfortunately, it's it's not a great one. It's, it's a low fiber diet. It's a low fiber diet. It's a low fat diet, and because it's, fat it's a slows digestion exactly, and, and that's why fat is helpful for satiety. Yes, is it, it kind of you know it sticks to your ribs? It, it literally sticks to your ribs. Yeah, uh, not literally, but so, you know, figuratively, it 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 will stay with you longer. Mm -hmm. Fat slows gastric emptying. Mm -hmm. Now, a way to speed up gastric emptying is to have like a kind of a milkshake kind of thing. Go shoo, yeah, right? right through or have yeah. a very uh, a low fat, a high in processed carbohydrate even. Things that digest quickly, rapidly absorb carbohydrates. That will be some of the way to go for somebody with gastroparesis. There are Reglan lawsuits about tardive dyskinesia. Oh, no. Uh, it's a medication that is actually related to some of the antipsychotic medications that cause this you know, it's sort of a pill rolling thing that you have with your fingers or like a, so like that. a lip smacking. And people have this yeah. sort of, you know, uh, it's annoying when you talk to them, you know, mm -hmm. that they have the target of dyskinesia. It can mm -hmm. be caused by antipsychotic medications. And it, and Reglan is among, is a related class of drug. Yeah. That's so it's nasty. It is nasty. So right. this person uses it selectively, not all the time or mm -hmm. in high doses. Uh, typical lunch, he says, would be a protein shake with organic egg whites, so shake, greens, a shake. unsweetened almond milk. You could do that. When you pre-digest your food in the blender, that may be the way to go. Yeah. Because you want rapidly absorbed nutrients that way. You want rapidly absorbed proteins, fats, and carbohydrates, and just keeping it on the lower fat side may be helpful to keep away any nausea. I think nausea is the biggest complaint for people with uh, gastroparesis. So that's something that, and, and possibly constipation. Taking some digestive enzymes would also be helpful. 
Restlessness, sleepiness, dizziness, fatigue, confusion. These are the side effects of Reglan? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, staying away from that as much as you can would be certainly helpful. Um, yeah, keep active. That's always a good thing. Um, I guess this is something that Mark uh, kind of has to live with. Unless it's misdiagnosed. Intermittent gastroparesis. Mm -hmm. Sometimes know. it's okay and sometimes it's not okay. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, doctors just put a label on something, but it's not that helpful. So I think the future of this mm -hmm. is, let's say you have really severe impairment of your peristalsis. And the basically, it's not just gravity that takes the food down. It's the peristalsis. It's the movement the of your gastrointestinal tract. So it's an yeah. undulating movement. Mm -hmm. Um which is interesting, you know, when when they opened patients up while I was uh, studying surgery, um, even when they opened patients up under anesthesia, you could see the sort of undulating waves mm. of their gastrointestinal tract as they, you know, even sort of, under anesthesia, that's yeah, wow. sort of like that sort of you know boa constrictor movement of the yeah. you know, bolus of food or whatever was being digested. So I think the future of this lies in electronic pacing, mm. and. Uh, the heart, we can pace, and we've been pacing the heart ever since I was a young medical student and before. There was... Pacemakers. Pacemakers. Mm. And in the future, I think they will have GI pacemakers. But apparently the GI tract is much more complex and more difficult to figure out proper pacing uh -huh. uh, than the, even a complex organ like the heart. Wow. So, uh, But in the future, I think they'll address this problem with some very sophisticated... Uh, electronic pacing device. And I'm sure they're working on it. This will also help patients who have very, very severe constipation. Yeah. Which is, see, gastroparesis more refers to the stomach. Colonic stasis is constipation. And in yeah. the future, they'll, they'll maybe be able to pace people. You'll say, okay, I think I'll have a bowel movement now. You push a button and like, you know, okay, I'm, you know, here we go. Wow. It'll, you know, it's like putting the top down in your convertible. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's, oh my goodness, that's it's like that's really something. Yeah, it's like wait, really something. somebody hacked has somebody hacked my my gastro pacemaker. Yeah. <laughs> I can't go to the bathroom. Somebody it's hacked like, my pacemaker. It's, it's those damn oh, Russians. So there's no. like, it's the right. <laughs> right, right, China, Chinese. Right. Oh my goodness. So, uh, Mark, uh, we hope. Uh, we hope you feel better soon. Thank you for your email. Wow. Yeah. Okay. We we better settle things with the Iranians before they develop a lot of the, make those devices very widespread because hacking into our right gastro pacemakers. <laughs> 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 oh okay. So uh, so enough uh, futuristic predictions. Yeah. Well, okay, let's pause because we divide our podcast into two parts. Mm. Give us a prediction of what we're going to talk about in part two. I have lupus and Sjogren's. What supplements should I not take? Lupus and trypanosome. Mm. Mm. That's a very niche question. All right, we'll tackle that when yeah. we return. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman today with Layla Mutin. She's our nutritionist in residence, capably assisting me in providing answers to your questions. Radio program at AOL.com is the destination, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.